Uh, so, guys, I got some feedback from our listeners. So, I just wanted to share our feedback. So, here we go with feedback number one. This one's from Jamie. It says, Dear Radio Envy Boys, loved your first episode, but just so you know, the iPhone came out in 2007. Oh, okay. I said it, I said it came out in 2009. Uh, yeah. So yeah. glad we have people out there that can correct us. I like that. the fact check. You know what? It means they listened to the whole episode because that was buried. That means we can't just <laughs> say stuff. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, yeah, okay. we're going to be held to a higher standard. I didn't realize our listeners were that concerned. I love it. <laughs> How about the iPhone specifically? Yeah. yeah, specifically. I guess there must be an iPhone person. Yeah. Any mm-hmm. other feedback from Jamie? Nothing from Jamie, but I got another okay. one from Jim. So we only got two letters this year or this week, this okay. month, this time. It sounds like one I'll pick to the right one eventually. J and J. Jamie and Jim. Uh-huh. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. That's one letter. Well, it's two different right. email addresses. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Jimmy. Oh, memos. Got it. So, <laughs> can we ever get through this? No. Dear Podcast Envy, you guys are so funny and natural doing the podcast. I have to ask Bacon, how did you do a whole ass radio show in the morning and not be called Bacon and Eggs? Hmm. Uh I don't get it. Because Rad was so much cooler. Well, yeah. I, I'm, that was back when I was Mikey B, too. So Oh, that's that, right. We're going back that far. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Nice. The tagline could be bacon and eggs for every morning. Should have done better. Uh, Thanks, Jim. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, God. Jim. Jim lives out in West Virginia alone in a shack. The house has been paid off for decades. <laughs> he barely has Wi-Fi, but squeaked out an email. This is Podcast Envy. Today, the boys begin the Podcast Envy interview series. In this series, we'll talk to musicians, artists, business owners, and other supporters of the Northern Virginia music scene. Our first guest is local musician Maddie Davis. Maddie D can be found on TikTok and Instagram, where you can be kept up to date on where he's playing this month and the release of his upcoming recordings. Welcome to the podcast, Maddie D. Oh, hey. Welcome, buddy. Hello. Give Who's it up for Maddie you? D, everybody. Hey. <laughs> Always cheering us on. Just hanging on your coattails or whatever. No yeah. way. I don't wear coattails. Tam- tambourine tails. There you go. But you run the scene all around Northern Virginia and D.C. You are your own entity, not defined exclusively by Radio Envy. That's, That's true. true. <laughs> Fairly special. <laughs> That's right. Fairly Maddie, special. you are your own man. <laughs> Before today, I'd never even heard of Radio Envy. I didn't even know what was happening. <laughs> wow. I'm glad to be here. Have now. you ever heard of a kazoo? Okay. Yeah. Exactly. Then yeah. you've heard of us. Yeah. Did Bacon pay you to be here? Not yet. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I heard checks. that happens afterwards. Checks yeah, that's mail. right. The check is definitely downstairs. The mail. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, follow me downstairs <laughs> after the episode. Wait, does that mean we get paid too, Brian? Uh, I hope. I, yeah, hope. I mean, what's going on? Is it all guess, at once? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Well, we can do a payment plan. <laughs> <laughs> This isn't Clarna. <laughs> Hopefully it's more than what we get from CD Baby for our reports. Okay. Jesus. Oh man. Okay. Well, Maddie, where do you where do you where do you come to us from? Like where where's your home base? Virginia. Like what part of Virginia? The northern part? The, the northern, southern part. part. The no, northern I, part. I was uh I grew up in Fairfax. I live in Kingstown now. I've been in Fairfax County the majority of my life. Um you know, lived in D.C. for a little while, um, but I've been in Fairfax County my whole life. Still my stomping grounds at the moment. Yeah, Kingstown. Cool. Yeah. I feel like I've been arrested. 
I, what, you know what? <laughs> Where were you on the night of the 30th, sir? Yeah. Maybe we should start with how we met at Ornery. Oh, that's a good, that's a good oh. idea. Right? Before, yeah. uh, before it was Green Turtle, when they switched over to Ornery, that's when we met. We were the first act. And as we were wrapping up, you wheeled in this cart of all your crap. And I was like, wow, should I get a cart? <laughs> and uh, Well, I you mean, have like two other people to carry yeah. stuff. So yeah. I was me, myself, and I. They don't actually help me, but... Uh, uh, I've seen this tonight. Yeah. I saw this tonight. Yeah. Witness. Yeah. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, when we wow. got here, he said, I have all this stuff in the back. Um, they don't help, and it's it's a <laughs> lot, so would you mind helping? So now you can see how dramatic he is. <laughs> Good Lord. It was yeah. pretty dramatic. He does yeah. get that way. <laughs> yeah, you guys were playing, and uh, I was meeting some friends up there before I was playing, and I, I thought... Hold on, wait. So you didn't know Maddie before that? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I thought you guys knew Maddie like ages, no, ages, and ages. That's just how fantastically personable he is, <laughs> and how easy he is to talk to. And so I guess you're going to be giving him the payment later then. <laughs> <laughs> no, the is business. that on top of what happened on the way over? <laughs> I'm giving him the business. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So what was your thought of us when you first saw us? Like, oh, look at these guys. Like, what what was your initial reaction to us? I, I couldn't decide what was weirder, the kazoo or the tambourine. And okay. I've seen more kazoos than tambourine, tambourines in my recent career. So, no, really? I, thought, I thought you guys were great. I thought um, great uh, energy covers that were not. I was so used to hearing cover bands that wanted to play things like the original band. Mm-hmm. Like I've got this tone for this Green Day song, right? Like I, I, I didn't experience any of that with you guys. I thought great energy, great vocals, the rhythm of how you guys did things, not just the rhythm of the way that you play, but the rhythm of how you go into a song, how you approach a song was great. Um, you kind of had like, it's it's really hard in a scene that's so saturated with working musicians to have sort of a signature sound, and I thought you guys had that. Cool. Well, that's a very high compliment. I Thank appreciate you. that. I didn't think you were very nice, but I thought you had a signature <laughs> There it is. Yeah. I was waiting for the butt. <laughs> no, I thought I, it was great. I had, I had um, It had been a while since I met, you know, another group that I was like, oh, wow, this is great. I got to see these guys again and made new friends and stuff because we all tend to know each other. But once you get to a certain point when new, I wouldn't say new, maybe you guys weren't new, but like new to me, sure. entities kind of hit the same scene. We all play the same nights the same days so it's it's rare that we get to get out and see each other and sometimes mm-hmm. while well, i would be playing you know with my wife we'd be playing at like we'd be done at like eight o'clock and maybe we felt up to come see you guys at nine o'clock but usually at that point it's like uh i'm going home and going to bed yeah, right yeah. i'm probably gonna eat a pizza before i go to bed but i'm going home and going to bed because it's not just three hours of performing it's the prep beforehand the breakdown after it's all that stuff were you uh, walking in that day? Do you remember at all being perplexed by the equipment that we were using, like from one guitarist to another or one artist to another? Because we haul all our own stuff, just like you do. No, um, I I just sort of remember thinking, well, these guys are pretty versatile. Like they do, like Timmy does a lot of different things. Um, both of you guys sing. You've got hand percussion. I just remember thinking, well, there's not a lot of groups doing like rock tunes and with the kind of country and pop and stuff with that. And it was a great, I mean, I did that when I first started playing and that this buddy of mine, who's really good at that stuff. And like, that's his thing. That's mm-hmm. what he does. And it was great, but I also didn't know where to go with it. 
you guys sort of organically figured out how to create a sound with that. Mm-hmm. So you, you bring up when you first started. So why don't you kind of let us know kind of what was your first start? Yeah. Well, this, there was a weird transition for me. I, I was always, um, I was in original bands um, from like high school. And throughout the 90s, there was, um, I was I was mostly in a band called No Saner. We were. No Saner? No Saner. How do you spell that? No Saner. S-A-N-E-R? Yeah, because we're really crazy. Okay. Wow. Actually, they were they were pretty established when I joined. And <laughs> we were um, we were the first band in Virginia to get sponsored by Jägermeister. And I wasn't even old enough what? to drink when we got it. <laughs> That's awesome. That's it awesome. was awesome. And I had been in nothing but uh, original projects that maybe did a cover or two. Sounds like your background. Yeah. And That's I played him up too. I, the first go round in No Saner, I played lead guitar. Then I was sort of cherry picked for another band that was like a 90s sort of kind of a guitar pop band. And I was the only guitar player. And then I quit that band and went back to No Saner as rhythm guitar. Did you always sing or were you? No, I sang a little bit. Yeah. And then I played drums in my next band. And I was in that band when I met Kara, who would become my wife. And she was like, well, I sing and I'm in a cover band. And I was like, cover bands suck. I'll come (laughs) see you play. And then I saw her and I was like, well, this is amazing. She goes, yeah. Guess what? We get paid too. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. That's what's tough to walk away from. It was it was a slow transition. Um, I've been playing my whole life. I've been playing guitar since. I mean, I think I was five the first time I picked it up. But I've been oh, seriously wow. playing since I was eleven. Fisher and, Price, uh, the one with the four strings on it. <laughs> no, it was it was a so it was a legit guitar, and my dad got it for me, and he made me take lessons, mm-hmm. and then when I didn't practice. He said that's the end of that and took it away from me. Oh, that wow. was it. Yeah, I had to I had to find it on my own after that. Wow. Mm-hmm. So then how old were you when you found it again? I think I was 13 and my cousin calluses are gone. My no, completely. Yeah, hadn't practiced <laughs> at all in 8 years or ever. And my cousin and our friend Ed were trying to figure out a song and they were just playing power chords. It was an old faster pussycat song mm-hmm. and and they couldn't figured out by ear and I was like oh let me see that I'd never really played like that and I kind of figured it out and they were like well okay you figured it out and then I said this feels good Mm -hmm. so I stuck with it nice when did you um now when you started playing guitar were you a singer then because I know we've we've got other musician friends I don't know if you remember uh sitting over at dad's house yeah in Reston where he always hated that he just strictly played guitar and didn't Saying, oh, did you say that he played that? You know, I know that really. Datriani, yeah, Joe Datriani, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know that I love that, but he he has a hard time singing while playing. He's a fantastic guitar player. Um, anyway, bringing that to you, did you do both when you first were kind of getting into it, or were you just strictly guitar and then added the vocals later? Um, I kind of wanted to. If I remember correctly, I wanted to figure out how to do both. And because I had played other instruments, I played drums, I played wind instruments. This was this all happened in high school when I figured out that all the kids I played football with in youth league were going to be bigger, stronger, and faster than I was in high school. So I kind of focused on music, and I didn't, I didn't think I could sing, but I wanted to. And that was when I figured out how to sing and play at the same time because I would try and learn a tune. And go, well, what is my arm doing 
and what chord am I playing when I need to sing this word? Like I kind of, I kind of reverse engineered it mm-hmm. until it started to sort of flow and I didn't have to think about it as much. But I don't think I knew I could sing until I was 17 or 18 years old. And even then I didn't think I was good enough to sing lead in a band or sing solo or anything like that. And I don't know if these guys know, maybe you do, that you uh, went to college for music. Briefly. Oh, okay. Briefly. All right. <laughs> Briefly. Turnpike Tech. Wow. But but that's where... Is that New Jersey? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> it's What did you say? Uh, Nova, where the N stands for knowledge. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> See? Yeah. Look at that. Look at uh, that. And uh, Jim didn't even correct me. Just saying I, I was listening. <laughs> Nobody picked Oops. up on that one. Sorry. That was great. That's where I. That's the only place I got any um, private vocal instruction because I was kind of singing in an extracurricular thing with some friends who were actually in choir, or chorus, or whatever, mm-hmm. chorale, or whatever it was. Hey, <laughs> hey. That's callback. Balls. <laughs> and um, the uh, the choral director at my high school was was a friend of mine. Her daughter was dating one of my best friends, and we all kind of. You know, she knew she knew me, but she didn't know I sang, and she heard me sing, and she was like, well, what are you doing in college? I'm like, well, I'm kind of D-average. I don't know if college is on the table, but I think I'm going <laughs> right. to Nova. And she said, are you studying music? I said, yeah. She goes, well, you need to study voice, and here's the teacher you should study with. And I did. It was like the only thing I really accomplished in college. College was not for me. Right. It, college and I did not see eye to eye. I don't do school well. But I remember everything she taught me, and I still, like, years later I'm still applying it I can mm-hmm. still remember it yeah so do you still apply it to like any original content and stuff that you I know you're working on mm-hmm. some new stuff now but does that kind of uh, help you out as you're going through that the, the thing about original content for me is um, different things sort of inform what I'm doing but um Usually it's just, oh, I have an idea for a melody or I have an idea for a chord progression. And then I kind of run with it and I try to um, I try to draw on whatever influences I'm listening to at the time or whatever's really hitting me at the time. But nothing that I did at that point is really informing a lot of what I do except that I'm like, I hear something in my head in the key of D and the melody that I'm hearing is pretty high. Right. And I'm a fairly high singer You've got a good range but it's it's a little up there but then i go okay well i remember what she taught me about how to support that i think i can sing this song in d it's like i was watching um running with our eyes closed the documentary about jason isbell mm-hmm. and he's writing stuff that's like up there and he kind of sings kind of high anyway but you can hear him like trying to hit those notes and i'm like no that's where that's where he hears it mm-hmm. i don't want to adjust the song because i don't think i should sing that high yeah. I want to employ proper techniques because that's where I'm really hearing it. That's what's inspiring. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. makes yeah. That's, sense. Yeah. Totally makes sense. 100%. I, I personally have a tough time writing songs like the one that I shared with you recently that we're kind of working on. Yeah. Um, I actually hear it in a higher register, but I, I just can't hit it. I can't do it. So I had to drop it down. You're a rangy two, guy, man. I know, I know you're kind of a baritone, but you're kind of rangy. I know. It's, you know, it, uh, Sometimes it doesn't affect the song that much when you do make those changes. Mm-hmm. If you drop it down an octave, or at least you know, just find a more comfortable space where you can sing it. But yeah, it it sucks when you're like, oh, this is where I hear it, and then you're, you can't quite get it there. But 
you want that energy to be but it's also where your you're song it. yeah it's also your song true. you could do whatever you want with it nobody knows it exists until you put it out there so and sometimes even after you put it out there <laughs> <laughs> very true <laughs> hey guys i put in an album 2 years ago oh, we knew that yeah. <laughs> one of the things i'm curious about is like what have you found works as far as bandmates and being in a band it's going to sound pretty ridiculous but okay. I've, I've got this theory of tens and sevens okay um, if they're tens on talent and seven on personality and your other choices are sevens on talent and tens on personality it's it's more important to have people that you like yeah and people that you get along with I'm screwed. <laughs> That's why I'm telling you this. I appreciate it. This is actually an intervention, guys. Sorry. Did you just call me a 10? Wait, where's everybody else? I, that's what I heard. <laughs> you wouldn't hear that, would you? <laughs> oh, that's great. It's like, it's like um, I don't know, it's like any relationship. Like, that's the most important part. What do you, what do you have in common? How are you in, in person? How are you together? Um, as you guys know, I was, uh, Kara and I were married for, Really, we were married for twenty years, and the the one of the best moments in our marriage was when she had written Irene, the one single that we put out, mm-hmm. and came to me the day we were supposed to record it. Was like, Matt, I don't know what to do. This is not ready. It's not. I don't think it's good. And I said, Hey, would you like my input on it? And she was like, Absolutely. And we knew how to navigate me having input on her song that was like this. You just opened up your heart and poured it onto a piece of paper. And now I'm going to ask to chop it, mm-hmm. which is a very, very hard thing to do. Yeah, it, it is. Especially it's, when it's not yours. Precisely. And it, and that to me sort of is a, a nice illustration of what it takes to be like, even, even being in a cover band, which I mean, none of us are strictly covers, but even being in a cover band, like you're, there's personalities that have to intersect and intertwine and, People have to figure out how to communicate about things that can be touchy or sticky and they have to spend a lot of time together. Like the personality is the most important part. So you recently went to Austin. Uh, what yeah. was that music scene like? How does it compare to what we deal with around this area? Dude, it's kind of wild. Um, so this time of year, there's only like, I, I know of one place that has music every day and it's, dead half of the time but when you walk by there's going to be music and I, every time I walked by it there was music and it was really cool um, at night the honky tonks are really cool um, I missed out on I didn't see one full band but I did I did visit the White Horse which is it's a really cool honky tonk kind of in the the what they call a SoCo the South Congress area and uh, I saw a guy named Shad Blair he's this um, singer songwriter who's been at it for a long time he's great like there's there's honky tonks where those guys play and it's like maybe it's what is it red red clay or red dirt country or whatever and mm-hmm. they're doing that kind of stuff and then there's um you know there's guys playing at breweries there's a brewery called Jester King where I saw a similar guy play they were all very similar like solo acoustic I didn't see any bands but solo acoustic you can get you can get work around there but it's not like getting work around here mm-hmm. is it stuff are they playing stuff that you already know they're mostly playing originals really yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was really cool. It is cool. Yeah, I, I'm sitting at uh, at Friends, which is the bar that has music all the time. And the last day I was there, this kid was really outgoing. And somehow I walked in and he st- I'm talking to the bartender and he goes, 
what's his deal? Where's he from? Hey, where are you from, man? And I'm like, I'm from DC. And she goes, he's a musician. And he's like, you want to get up and play? And I said, no. And then a couple songs later, he goes, you want, I got to, I got to pee. You want to get up and play? I was like, okay. And he'd been playing this really great country. And what did I do? I got up and played like, uh, Bill Withers and John Waite and stuff like, like, you know, nothing that you would expect to hear down there, but it was still cool. Everybody was like really receptive. Yeah. Nice. That's cool. But it's not like, it's that one little spot felt like Key West. I don't know if you guys, mm-hmm. you guys ever been to Key West. Mm-hmm. So I know a ton of Key West musicians. You can just walk and hear them here, hear them here, hear them there. Oh, somebody will be playing later here. Somebody will be playing later here. That was the only place that felt like that. So Brian's our big tequila connoisseur. Yeah. Right? Um, and I'm more of like a bourbon guy. So And I, so I haven't really gotten them really into bourbons. Uh, but I'm always open to trying something new. You know, kind of what's your go-to and so just right now. I I guess, um, you know, Angel's Envy is kind of a dependable mm-hmm. bourbon. You know what you're getting. And um, my foray into bourbon kind of started with Woodford, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And um, maybe maybe even Basil Hayden, which is a little sweeter. You guys um, are saying all the good ones that I like. <laughs> True story. <laughs> well, my, my brothers really and my dad are both into Maker's Mark. Right, That's, so they they'll take they would they'll be. take any I know right can't go wrong with that yeah. one. Um, so do you mix it? You like it on the rocks? What do you like? Uh, so I was always kind of a neat Scotch guy, and then when I got into bourbon, I I started off neat, and then I was like, well, it wasn't really meant to be had that way. Mm-hmm. And I would try it on I tried it on the rocks, and then I sort of fell in love with the big cube because mm. I'm I'm not a heavy drinker, but I'm kind of compulsive. Like I just I have to be sort of doing something. Yeah. And um, one time, my uh, this you know, Kara and I had put together a cover band with our some of our closest friends, and we we kind of became a thing for a bit. And we got to play this wedding one time, and the wedding was cool because it was at a distillery, and they were like, "You can have whatever you want." And then at the end of the night, people were having a hard time getting out of the place because of the way cars were parked, and <laughs> no. and we're just sitting in there waiting to leave. And they go, "Here's a box of the liquor that people didn't drink that doesn't belong to the distillery." And there was a full bottle of Bullet Bourbon. Oh in there. yeah, nice, nice. And they were like, "Just take it home." And I'm like, "That's mine." And that became my go-to, which okay. is in the sort of what I call like the forty dollar realm when mm-hmm. when you go to an ABC store. Um, Forty dollar, seven fifty, whatever size. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's kind of my go to. But I decided to slowly start collecting bourbons, and I was playing at um, Parallel over in Ashburn. Mm-hmm. And when you play there in cold weather, you get to play inside the whiskey bar. Yep. Yeah, that's and a cool whiskey bar too. It's a great whiskey bar. Yeah. Um, I had a great night. I brought a lot of a lot of folks out. A lot of family live out there. Uh, a lot of Kara's family, and they all came out. And I I went early and sat at the whiskey bar and made friends with. Shout out to my friend Abby. Abby was awesome. She made some recommendations. Um, I had one of their exclusive makers barrel, whatever. Very cool. It was fantastic. And I told her like I'm I'm thinking about you know collecting, but not not collecting like you know some people collect bourbons like they collect baseball cards like they're like this bourbon is delicious or so i've been told but i will trade it with you for it's like pokemon like come on drink the freaking whiskey (laughs) dude and i'm definitely the whiskey i'm definitely not one of those types like i i like i if the bottle's cool i'll keep the bottle after it's empty 
Right. But like I can't That's I can't just let it sit on the Decorate shelf. Decorate your speakeasy and like put it on the wall with the other empty bottles. Sure. Drink it. Yeah, exactly. Like a lot of like like if I have like a real good bourbon that's expensive mm-hmm. that somebody gave me or I saved up to buy for a special occasion, like I'll drink it. So it'll be like half drank at the, you know, at, at the bar, but like I won't like not touch it yeah. for like a resale. Like I mean, there who has, does that? There's a curiosity there. You have to try it. I, I want to know yeah. what it tastes like. And yeah. some of them, you know, kind of, kind of growing up without tons of money, I, I will, I will try a pappy against, um, you know, something else and go, well, it's, it's delicious. It's fantastic. But to me, it's not worth the hassle no, or the money. Yeah. And the first bottle I bought for my collection on my friend Abby's recommendation was, um, Penelope architect. Oh, very nice. The blue label. Yep. Which, yeah. I haven't even opened up yet. Cause I'm like, I've got two bottles. Do you need, a I've friend? got 30 <laughs> bottles of wine. Do you need a friend? I'll, He's I'll got a glass. He could bring one. I, I don't. I don't. I don't like having friends. To be honest with you, uh, no. I might oh, need. Oh, that's a rough. Wow, we were expecting that from the Joe Downer. But, interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this could have been wow. virtual. To be honest, wow, we could have done this over Zoom. No, it's okay. His name is Downer. My yeah. life is Downer. It's okay. Uh, I think it's a pseudonym. Anyway, I think it, I, it's yeah. fake. So we're gonna wrap up early tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got. I, I, I didn't want to open any of them until I had like five bottles. Sure. So I've got that and I've got, um, you know, other local musician, Pete, Evick, I, who I play with has his yeah. own bourbon through KO. So, so tell me more about that. Tell me more about Pete. So you play with him every once in a while. He's got his yeah. own band and stuff. Like when do they pull you into that? I'm in, I'm his guitar player. In okay. His band. Yeah. Um, I've known Pete for, probably 25 years or so. And he plays with Brett Michaels, mm-hmm. right? And I filled in for him a couple of times and I played bass with Brett once, but um, Kara was like legit in the band. But what was that like playing bass in Brett Michaels' band? It, so... Um, Did every rose truly have its thorn? I bled <laughs> all over. Uh, that actually... So that actually was the moment where I go... You know, I wasn't always a huge Poison fan until I discovered that they're like they're just a rock band. Mm-hmm. They're good. They're a great rock band. Once I once I discovered that, it was it was after I had already played with Brett that it kind of hit me that like okay, they're a great rock band. They've got some good songs. Like that's the most important thing. But when you're playing, every rose has its thorn with the guy who wrote it in front of eleven thousand people. You're like, oh, yeah. Well, it's gotta kinda, be. It's not like. Whether like like the song or not, it's that's a powerful moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a really powerful moment. Someone I mentioned before, like I thrive on that engagement. Mm-hmm. There's there's no engagement when you're on that stage. When you're on that stage, yeah. you have to know. Okay, well, when Pete's coming this way, I need to go that way. Don't step on each other. Don't don't do something that makes don't make Brett it mad. Weird. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's kind of so choreographed and like it's a, kind of and and it's yeah. all about the show and it, it yeah. was it, it's really cool and I'm glad to say I did it and I'm glad to say I actually like traveled on a legit tour bus. But mm-hmm. um, it, in in my career, like I thought that was what I wanted to do, and now I'm like I would rather get a phone call tomorrow that says, "Well, we know you're traveling the next day, but we'd like you to come play, you know, Sinistral or whatever." Right. We just we we really want you tonight and there's a bunch of people that want to come see you play and I'm oh cool. I'm in. Like yeah. let's hang out. Like that's that's more important to me. What's the num- 
We're going to go the opposite direction. What's the largest number of people you've played for? Is it like the 11,000 people? That was Brett? probably it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Played with Brett a couple other times, but um, one time Kara and I both got to play with Brett, but it wasn't, it was at, it was at, uh, it was at Bush Gardens. Oh, really? And it, it, uh, it wasn't 11,000 people. How did that come up? Um, it was an event that Brett knew that Pete was going to be unavailable. And he asked Pete to find a like a, a fill-in that he trusted. He asked me to do it, and I was like, "Yeah, I'll do it." It came down to whatever transpired to get Pete to be his guitar player. And as I understand it, they played a gig together, and he wanted Pete to be his guitar player. And Pete brought the band with him, who was all they're just people that I've known for 25, 30 years. They're all from Northern Virginia, so they played with him for. 10 or 15 years and Pete still plays with him. And when he's like, well, you got to find somebody to replace so-and-so or replace so-and-so Pete gets people that he knows. Is so-and-so often not available? (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is the point in the night (laughs) where, where it gets silly. I'm sorry. I tried to get it out. So it would be funny, but I fucked it up. I'm going to cut that out. That was, I, I anyway. I beg to differ. That was that was funny as hell. <laughs> I love you, Michael's bacon. Oh, Michael. <laughs> Michael's bacon is this the is, new name. Oh, or actually, uh, it's bacon Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Man. But on that note, oh, that got me boy, good. It Sorry. is warm here. Here, cheers. cheers to that. Oh, cheers. cheers to that. Michael's God bacon, bacon Michaels. That really hit me. I'm sorry. I love your new nickname. Bacon Michaels. Bacon so Michaels, Timberine. <clears throat> that's right. BJ. So all of, all of us here, there's four of us here. All of us are parents. And all of us are musicians. And some of our kids are interested in music. Your daughter is amazing. Like, I saw her at the Joe Downer show at Jam and Java. Oh, yeah. She did great singing the song that she sang. She sang Irene. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. Irene, which is amazing. Amazing. As a parent, how do you approach music with your kid? Um, there were certain things that I was uh, fortunate enough to be good enough to help all of my kids with. Um, I My oldest was uh he's he's athletically gifted among other things and he played baseball and that was my main sport and I coached him a bit and taught him what I could until he got to where I I couldn't coach him anymore because I just wasn't that good um my middle son I tried to he, he got into cars for a while and I I knew a lot about I knew a pretty good amount about working on cars and stuff like that and I would it's it's a lot of it's encouragement and if if they really what I found, and my kids are, are older, I think, than probably all your kids. Um, mm-hmm. And the boys are are have been with me since they were like four and five years old. Um, that that sort of encouragement with someone who's talented, they'll find they'll find their path if they really believe in it. And my daughter um, has definitely inherited my ADHD, except she's like the academics and stuff she can she can handle, but. She's she's played gigs with me and she's played gigs solo, but her passion is musical theater, which is not something that it's something that I wish I had done, but I don't I never had a passion for it. And she found her own passion and 
she found the reward of doing things with like-minded people. So all I did was encourage her. Like mm. she goes to a school where I'm sorry, I'm boring you. She goes no. to a school where other kids. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. Just hey. because Tim yawned. I know. I'm no. kidding. Truthfully, Stop I have seen Stop. some of the videos of her performing on stage and she's she, great. She right? shares yeah. some stuff yeah. with me. Yeah. Um, she's phenomenal. She, she gets it. And that's the cool part about watching her perform is that she gets it. It comes mm. from a natural source inside of her and, that she desires. And the to encouragement perform. part has been important to me. She goes to this. Um, she's on a gap year program right now, but she's been for the la- for her last three years of high school. She went to a private performing arts school in Kingstown. Fantastic school, right? But mm. she found her own way, and the reward was like my my sort of take on stuff is if you if you work hard for something. I'll I'll do what it takes to mm. help you have the opportunity. Yeah. And there are other there. dads I've met in this wow. school who are like, well, I told my kid, you know, music theater is a great uh, hobby, but you have to have a fallback. And I'm like, are you are you paying? Like, this school is not cheap. Are you paying what I'm paying to put your kid through here to tell them that they shouldn't do this anymore? Yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. And, and another dad that I'm really good friends with is like, I tell those dads, like, what if your kid was good at football? Would you tell them? Go for it. You have a much, much larger chance of finding a career in musical theater, even if it's like, well, I'm working in a theater in Texas this week, right? Yeah. A career that pays the bills than being a professional football player. Sure. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, the the one thing that my whole family has learned from my wife's passing is that life's fucking short. Mm-hmm. Like, really? What do you feel passionate about? Do mm-hmm. that shit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do that. And and do it like I wish I had figured this out earlier. So she's passionate about it. So I support this as much as I can. The whole family is very supportive. And all the schools she wants to go to are like, mm-hmm. sure, like sh- like ridiculous expensive. But now that she's been, she's kind of figured herself out and she's had a gap year to sort of learn things a little better and a little differently. She she might get a really kick ass scholarship somewhere. We yeah. we just went to New York and the the people from her her top school when she went to audition there a few weeks ago saw her and recognized her and she was like I didn't know if I should go say hi but they came up to me and like Kai we didn't know if you'd recognize us remember us I was like you see yeah. that's awesome that's, that's great. the other thing she too, went to, is that the more you do it the more you suddenly and, become connected. and if you mm-hmm. set yourself apart sometimes you're not even setting yourself apart with talent sometimes yeah. there's three kids that are ta- like. We're talking about setting yourselves apart by being professional. Sometimes there's three kids with the same amount of talent, but the one kid who went to a professional school who knows when the director says, do this, don't do that, that your answer is, okay, mm-hmm. I got it. Not, mm-hmm. well, I was trying to do this yeah. thing. Your yeah. answer mm-hmm. is, okay, I got yeah. it. Like, that's mm-hmm. what sets you that's apart. That's the difference. And yeah. Wow. Like, getting the opportunity to even audition at these schools is a thing because they require a pre a pre-screen mm-hmm. and her pre-screens were great. All I did was, you know, encourage her. My kids are all good at something, which wow. holy cow. just encouraging them to do it. Like I want them to do what, what they're, what makes them happy. Every kid is different. Every kid requires their own menu. Every, every kid requires their own encouragement. My, my oldest, um, is self-motivated and he's a really hard worker, and now he's married to a, a wonderful woman who's absolutely—they're absolutely perfect for each other. And he's out of the house, and they figured it out. Mm-hmm. 
And my middle son needs a different kind of, like they all needed their own encouragement, but my middle son needs a different kind of encouragement. Like my daughter needs a different kind of encouragement. Mm-hmm. Like Alex, my oldest, I, I, I did everything I, I, I could to encourage him in the ways that work for him. Like it's all about that one kid, what works for that kid, right? And we're talking about kids who don't read a lot of music. I mean, Eddie Van Halen could play anything on the yeah. piano. Yeah. His ear was so brilliant. He took yeah. piano lessons, and instead of figuring out how to read it, he just played it by ear afterward. Yeah. The hard part is in, is the perspective of how does the world work and how do you get to where you want to get. If there could be one thing to name about why performing live music is so important to you, one thing, what would it be? We've touched on a, a bunch of reasons why we enjoy performing, but if there, you could narrow it down to one thing. I'm, I'm kind of serious when I say this. Uh, let me preface this by saying I've been called a, uh, is the word a situational um, extrovert? Like I'm, I'm an extrovert in certain s- scenarios and I'm an introvert in others, mm-hmm. but I like the attention. I like the attention for doing something well. Yeah. yeah. There's a point in the night where I'm like, nobody's paying attention. And I'm like, I demand your attention. I'm going, mm-hmm. I'm going to get you guys to do a social. Eh, I don't know. Maybe the attention in a way. If you could share a stage with anyone famous right now, who would it be with? Uh, right now, Jason Isbell. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a good answer. I just want to soak up his energy. His songwriting is so honest. It's unpretentious. He just says what he's been thinking, and he has a cool chord progression. And after watching the documentary and stuff and seeing like seeing the curtain fully pulled back, I'm like, I don't know. I'm just fascinated right now. Is he one of those Nashville guys? Just in the sense like he, he's he moved out there or he's I, out there? And- yeah, I think that's how he ended up there. Um He's more famous for songwriting than singing and playing and stuff, but um, also he goes against the grain of typical Nashville. I have two non... I don't know what just happened. I have two non-music questions to ask. Oh, okay. Do you think the NFL is scripted? Uh, that's a what? That's actually a good question. Hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Right, wait, right. wait, time out. Don't answer. The king of wrestling has, wants to chime in. Hold on. Brian, who, who <laughs> did is... Did you have a wrestling podcast? Is, I did. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I listened. So, hold on. So, Brian, who knows very little about sports... I know the outside, rules. Shh, I know outside, the rules. Shh, outside of soccer, <laughs> just asked if the NFL is scripted. Get out of here. I know. I know. No way. That no way. The NFL was not too long ago registered as an entertainment organization. Of course, it's like WWE. Yep. Yeah. Of so, course. What's it so, like? So WWE. Maddie Big D. <laughs> okay, you need to. Here, let me fix your headphones. Uh, WWE. You oh, there it is. Okay. The NFL mm. is scripted. Can I can I qualify my answer? Answering the real question is it a yes or no, or can I qualify my answer? Yeah, you qualify. It might get cut anyway. It doesn't matter. It's <laughs> scripted, no. Fixed, yes. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, okay. I agree with you. I have always thought, even before recent, but even WWE isn't completely scripted. 
it's scripted. It's scripted, but they they do stuff in the ring where they're like, "Well, I'm gonna like Audibles. you know." Well, yeah. sure. And I'm gonna it, clothesline you here, and <laughs> we don't want to get into it because <laughs> the Royal Rumble was just was just this past Sunday. It'll ruin it? Tim's image I, of the. I don't watch. It no, 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 no. Um, he knows. So he knows. CM Punk was supposed to it's win the Royal dirty. Rumble, but he got hurt, and he so knew he that he was gonna be out for a while. So that's why Cody Rhodes won the did Royal you, did Rumble. Did you know Hulk Hogan was on steroids? Well, of course. Oh yeah. My Come on. Gosh. Come on. Yeah. My childhood. Yeah. Superstar Billy Graham Destroyed. was not a pastor. No, of course. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah. And Mr. Was perfect an, wasn't perfect. I mean, come on. Are you, no, 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 are no, you no, gonna no. give me this too? Come on. No. Like you're you're oh, Rick Flair's here. Hold on. Mr. Excuse wonderful me. was Again? wonderful though. <laughs> there was no Mr. He wonderful. Yeah. It, he's on Shark Tank. No. That's Mr. Wonderful. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> This is a mm. this or that. Okay. Now you can go. The other. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie D, this or that, hoodie season or shorts? Oh, it's 100% both. I'll wear, I'll you wear can't ho- go hoodies both. and shorts. You, can, on, you have one. to go both. You can, I cannot, you can I cannot, go both. Asking you me to pick, asking me both. to pick one is like asking me to pick my favorite child, and I love all three of them. Hoodie and season with pants? Or shorts, no hoodie. Sorry. Sorry, what? It's both. No, it's, it's not both. both. No. All right, shorts. Shorts, just because wow. it makes my musician friends right. angry. Okay, here we go. Because I wear shorts on Next. stage. All right. Boop, boop, boop. In-ear or over-ear headphones? What do you mean over-ear? Like this please. is over-ear. Over-ear. Oh. In-ears would be like... AirPods oh, or Bose or sh- uh, whatever we're... Beats whatever. Fit Pro. I use the in-ear. In here. In here. Okay. okay. Also beats good for pro. performing live. Yeah. High tops or low tops? Low tops. Low tops. Low top. Low, low, So low, you mentioned low. that your daughter is going to help you get you into the TikToks. Yes. But what do you watch? TikToks or reels? Reels. Cloth or leather seats? Leather. Hell yeah, go the luxurious way. With the, heated and With the heated cooled. and cooled. Yep, mm. you're right. Does it bother you when somebody texts and it's green instead of blue? Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, you ready, Maddie? <coughs> Let's go. <coughs> oh, my God. Go ahead. All right, peanut That's butter. Weird. Chunky or smooth? Yes. Absolutely. Really? Doesn't matter what form it comes yeah, in. That's give right. me all the. Pain. Yeah, but I, need, I, don't I need a like left when or a right that, uh, answer. No, no, but that's I don't like, like that's when like there's... asking me, do you want do you want your money crumpled or or <laughs> or folded? And I'm like, I want money. Exactly. I want money. That's but, such a great I'm example. With, I'm with Matt on that 100. percent But you know, with like the, it's got the like the earl on top. I uh, yeah. I generally prefer it crunchy. Yeah. However. You mix it. If if you hand it to if you hand me the smooth peanut butter, I'm still gonna jam my hand into the like yeah. Let's go. Like, like yeah. Peanut yeah. butter and jelly. Yeah, that, just that is now butter. my jar. Peanut, peanut butter and jelly, jelly or just peanut it's butter. not goober grape. Peanut butter although, jelly with a baseball bat. Although I was on tour that that band I was in in between mm-hmm. stints with No Saner was called Four, like the number four. Five. And we had a Winnebago, no, four, four. and everybody except me Simpsons. could afford to eat because I was terrible with money. So I took a loaf of bread and a jar of goober grape, thinking I'm set. 
it took three peanut butter jelly sandwiches before I was like, this is a nightmare. Really? I would rather eat grass by the side of the road than another peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Wow. After three days? No, after three sandwiches, which was one day. (laughs) After three sandwiches? I was done. (laughs) I've had three sandwiches, one after the other after the other, because I was like, I love peanut butter and jelly. (laughs) But, But you had the option. Drink. Probably. Well, I think no, that was hold on, hold on. If we're doing peanut butter and jelly, what flavor of jelly for the jelly? Welch's grape, strawberry, or raspberry? Yeah. Really, grape, you're you're okay with that? I mean, Maddie? I mean, I was always a strawberry guy, but really for PB and J, I'm uh, I, I I'm a grape jelly guy. Okay. Classic. So, Maddie, tell us how we can find you on social media. This is Maddie D. T H I S. This is I S M A T T Y D. Capital. On uh, Instagram, Facebook, threads. Uh, apparently, I don't know who I am on TikTok. Um, okay. We yeah. should probably figure that out. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. Matthias okay. D., did you enjoy yourself? While you were here tonight. Yeah, I keep looking at my watch going, I really wish it wasn't that late because I want to keep going. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you are the first guest for us. And and if I can say this. Yeah, say it. Say it. I'm, I'm sorry for everyone that has to follow me. <laughs> well, thank you so much I'm, for... I'm funny. You are. AF. You are. As funk. I'm f- yeah. Yes, I like that. I like the music. Play him out. Play him out. Thank you so much for Matty D for joining us today on another episode of Podcast Envy. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) This episode was produced by the boys of Radio Envy and Bacon Wave Podcast Productions in cooperation with Revelry Media Productions. Michael Bacon engineered this podcast. If you like what you heard, please share us with your friends and maybe your family. Follow us on threads and Instagram with the handle at Podcast Envy. If you would like to contact us here at Podcast Envy, you can write us at contact at baconwaveproductions.com. Maddie the Snuts.